Hello, I'm Mark, and this is the Fast Track Impact podcast for researchers who want to be more productive and achieve real-world impacts from their research. Today, I want to think about labels. What are the labels that you have put on yourself? How did you go about choosing how you would introduce yourself to other academics? What about other academics from different disciplines? How do you introduce yourself to uh, people in your local community? And why do you choose to introduce yourself in such different ways? What do the labels that we choose about ourselves say about us, about how we perceive ourselves, about how we want to be perceived? Uh, What about the labels that we didn't choose that have been given to us? And what about some of the labels that may be more internal or subconscious compared to the things that come out of our mouths? I think that thinking about and understanding the labels that have been given to us and that we give to ourselves is really important because some of the labels that we have actually inadvertently can be quite disempowering, uh, instantly alienating the person that we've just introduced us to, uh, boring them, making us seem very different, or actually they've now made a whole load of assumptions, oh, you're just like me and you're going to think like this, Uh, or perhaps even more deeply than that. Uh, the, the labels say something much more deeply about how we value ourselves, how we see ourselves, and hence how others value us and see us and treat us. Who knows? So let's explore this today because I think uh, reevaluating this, rethinking this can be hugely, hugely empowering. So uh, ask yourself how you introduce yourself to different types of people. So you're out doing some shopping. Uh, and uh, someone that you've uh, met a few times before, I don't know, at the school gate, and um, yeah, you both had a bit of a loose end, and uh, and they say, so yeah, what do you do anyway, Mark? I've I've, I've never asked. Um, yeah, what's your job? Uh, so uh, yeah, how do you answer that? For me, uh, I normally simply say, yeah, I'm a researcher. Uh, or uh, they may want more. So yeah, uh, what do you research? I do environmental stuff. And usually that's enough. And maybe they want more and they start talking about climate change. uh, And at that point, um, I'm changing the subject. (laughs) Uh, If these are, uh, if this is now a social situation uh, with some people who are disrespecting me, then I might introduce myself differently. So um, uh, when my wife was a doctor, I used to get into social settings with other doctors who were remarkably dismissive of anyone who wasn't a doctor, I found. Uh, Maybe it was just the the people that she mixed with. But uh, uh, in that situation, I'm a university professor. Uh, So you might want to treat me like I exist and give me some eye contact in this conversation. Maybe, uh, maybe not. Or maybe it's just me expressing my insecurity (laughs) about uh, my own identity in this group of people who are making me feel insecure. Um, and, and again, you, you're instantly seeing how uh, how you can analyse this and start to think a little bit deeper about why did I just introduce myself as a university professor when yesterday to that, uh, that nice person that I liked down the shops, I introduced myself as a researcher. Hmm... Uh, what about other academics? How do you introduce yourself to them? What do the labels you choose say about you as a person? other than just you as a researcher. So does the fact that I emphasise my science training and credentials to scientists and call myself an environmental social scientist to social scientists mean that I'm a people pleaser? Perhaps it means that I'm quite manipulative. 
Or alternatively, perhaps it just means that I constantly seek to empathise, to find that common ground and to open that connection that says, yeah, we're not that different. Uh, let's talk about something along those lines to start with and build from there. Does the fact that uh, I more normally introduce myself as uh, an interdisciplinarian mean that uh, I'm evasive? Or maybe it means I'm trying to prove a point. If I'm trying to prove a point, what is that point that I'm trying to prove? Let's, let's ask myself, uh, am I trying to dismiss myself and say, yeah, I'm just a jack of all trades, I'm a master of none? Uh, or perhaps uh, I'm trying to say that I don't want to be pigeonholed. Uh, and if so, why don't I want to be pigeonholed? And the questions go on. But for me, these are questions <clears throat> that we need to ask ourselves because I think the answers can be incredibly revealing. Uh, and as we interrogate, the, interrogate those answers and change our narratives, uh, those answers can also be incredibly empowering. <clears throat> So you might be thinking that I'm overthinking this, um, and uh, and you may well be right. But let me just give you an example of uh, of something that happened to me uh, two weeks ago now, um, that uh, that caused me to think. And it was exactly this situation. So uh, I was uh, out for dinner with a bunch of people, uh, some fairly high-powered people from this university, and I was uh, there to try and broker relationships uh, with the eight universities I work for uh, in the north of England uh, and to build collaborations. And so uh, a, a very important professor uh, leading one of the research groups there is paying for dinner and, uh, and asks me the question, so what do you do, Mark? And, uh, and I say that I'm, uh, I'm interdisciplinary and start to try and describe the kind of things that, that I research. Uh, and he cuts me off and says, uh, no, you're not inter interdisciplinary, you're a social scientist. Huh, interesting. Uh, okay, uh, so uh, I can see why you why you might think that, but actually, uh, this is the kind of research I do between disciplines and how I work across the social and the natural sciences, and why that is so important to me. No, no, and he cuts me off again. Uh, I've looked at your website. You're definitely a social scientist. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to give up on this. This is uh, slightly awkward. Uh, so, uh, yeah, call me a social scientist if that helps you. If that, uh, if you need to put me into a, into a box, then then okay, uh, and we'll move on from this. Uh, and then for the rest of the evening, he uh, uh, affixed the F word to social scientists and uh, effing social scientists this and effing social scientists that. So instantly, I'm thinking, hmm, you've just put me in a box of people that you don't like. Interesting. I wonder what's going on here. And of course, I'm asking myself, what is his problem? And um, and trying not to make his problem my problem. Uh, and uh, and then he pulls a, a power play on me and says, so here's my card. Uh, so, okay, yeah, here's my card as well. You do the whole thing. And, um, and then he looks at my card and this look comes over his face. He turns it over, looks at the back, which is blank, looks at the front again. <laughs> Uh, and he says, uh, yeah, if I had a chair title like that, I wouldn't put it on a card. And, um, and at this point, I'm thinking, yeah, this guy is really, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's stepping over some lines here. Uh, how do I feel about this? Um, and there was an emotional reaction at this, at, this, at this point. I'm feeling offended. Huh, interesting. I'm trying to reflect on this. Uh, and at this point, uh, there was a, a kind of a thought process in my mind that went to the level of my values. 
and uh, and ask myself, you know what? Yeah, that's his view. He might have certain prejudices, and he's entitled to his view. And uh, I'm a tolerant person. Uh, I don't have to let this offend me, and I'm going to let this go right over my head. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Uh, but I think what was uh, the thing that galvanised me was seeing the young female researcher next to me who was being trampled over as much as I was, and her nervously laughing as he kind of carried on constantly interrupting her as he was interrupting me, and me thinking, you know what, this is actually really disrespectful. And whilst I might uh, want to be a tolerant person, I'm also someone who values respect, and actually, you know what, you don't get away with just being that disrespectful um, and not being told that that might be offensive. So I'm now telling him, actually, uh, what you just said is fairly offensive. Um, and uh, and he kind of takes some pause to to kind of process um, uh, and tries to kind of backtrack uh, to to an extent, and um, and so then I'm like so so yeah so I can see quite clearly that you don't like social scientists and there seems to be some form of quite deep prejudice going on here. Uh, what's what's that all about? Or what what is it that you don't like about social scientists? And um, and his answer was, well, they, they they let the side down, they let the team down, they've got weak CVs. And I can instantly see this is someone who does not value social science or probably any other discipline uh, beyond the natural sciences. And, uh, and I'm at a loss for word. How, where do you start building an argument for the social sciences? Um and, uh, and I just look at him and, uh, and watch him dig his hole. I've made it clear that, uh, that he is being prejudiced and uh, what he said is offensive. And uh, I'm not entirely sure how proud I am, but um, I gave him uh, a, what I might describe as a death stare. It probably wasn't quite as extreme as that. But I'm just looking at him and making it very clear that everything he is saying is deeply unimpressing me. And I'm not saying a word. I'm just giving him steady eye contact and watching him dig that hole. Um... Uh, and, uh, and and eventually he kind of capitulated. And instead of apologising, he said, well, this is embarrassing, and uh, and looked for someone to blame. And I don't know who organised this. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, I, mean, I didn't even know who you were properly until I was driving here and I looked at my at your website. And, um, and, yeah, it turned out you were an effing social scientist. And I tried to watch one of your videos, but it was too boring, so I turned it off. <laughs> and, uh, and at this point, yeah, I, I've now disengaged and I'm looking at uh, the other part of the table and trying to engage in their conversation now. <laughs> uh, now, uh, my reaction. Uh, what does that say about me? Am I proud of that? Well, maybe, maybe not. Um, I put this out onto Twitter to try and crowdsource some other reactions to this. And, uh, and there were some better reactions. A bunch of people said, you know what? You should just be much more tolerant. People like this are out there and you shouldn't let them get to you. If you value yourself and have enough self-esteem, then yeah, let them spout all they want. You're never going to change someone like that. So just let it, uh, yeah, water off a duck's back. That's, that's the idea. Um, uh, there were others that, um, that, that suggested that I could have come up with a much more cogent argument to defend social sciences. And, and yeah, that's, that's, a, that's the one I wish. But hey, isn't hindsight a wonderful thing? And you can think of all manner of wonderful, uh, wonderful things that you could have said after the event. Uh, but I was also equally uh, pleased to, to see that I could have done worse. And uh, there were a number of humorous responses, which uh, in, involved kind of from the, the kind of 
less extreme end of the spectrum, just getting up and walking out, uh, all the way through to pouring various things over his head and uh, other forms of more violent reactions. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I could have reacted worse. <laughs> but uh, I tell you this story because I think experiences like this make you interrogate the labels you use and think more critically about how others perceive such labels. And, well, how helpful is it for other people when I just come up with this bland, well, I'm an interdisciplinarian, don't pigeonhole me? Uh, why does that provoke the kind of reaction that I got? And perhaps other reactions from others who are perhaps less uh, strident at expressing their reactions. Uh, should I therefore change my labels or not? Uh, or should I try and avoid labels altogether? Well, uh, what I want to do is to give you three approaches to rethinking your labels that may be really useful for you, whether or not you think you need to change what you do, or whether you just want to think a bit more deeply about what this actually says about you. Uh, the first is integrating existing labels. Uh, then we'll think about relabeling, and then I want to think about transcending labels. So first of all, integrating existing labels. So uh, last week I uh, reiterated this idea of, uh, of identity being uh, a form of goal, a higher order goal linked to your values from whence all of your other day-to-day -day project level and task level goals all come. Uh, and I suggested that if we think in a more fine-grained way about this, you discover instantly that you don't just have one or two identities. The home me, the work me, or the researcher me, the teacher me, or whatever it is. We all have multiple, multiple different uh, identities. And there's nothing inauthentic about that, that uh, I'm just, uh, I'm nobody, or I, I change who I am for my context to please other people. It's just, that's, that's reality. We are complex human beings. Uh, and the pie chart exercise that I do in my trainings for The Productive Researcher and uh, in the book, The Productive Researcher, is designed to enable you to do that thinking at a much deeper level. <clears throat> and... Uh, and for me, this is about understanding not just the labels, but the labels behind the labels. So, yeah, I'm a researcher, but what are the different parts of me as a researcher? What kind of researcher am I? Uh, and, uh, and, and where does that go when you start thinking about that? Uh, and I see how complex and integrated I am as a person. Uh, and now this, uh, these are identities that often transcend the boundaries of things that I thought were very clear and distinct boundaries before. So my work identity versus my family identity. So for example, the, 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 the creativity that I express as a researcher actually matches the creativity that I express as a parent trying to achieve the goals that I want to reach as a parent. Uh, and actually, that part of my identity as a creative being is something that goes across both of those very different domains. Uh, or, um, uh, yeah, I, I, my, I, I'm a determined person. That's my nature. I'm, I'm, I'm a determined uh, and, and uh, perhaps stubborn person. Uh, I'm a freedom fighter. And actually, that identity is what enables me to help the weak student and the suffering relative alike, and to prioritise that when I need to. 
I am more than just my job title. Uh, and essentially, this is what I do when I introduce myself as a researcher to a non-academic, as, uh, 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 as uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm a researcher. That's it, just researcher. Don't uh, put individual labels on me as I'm an environmentalist or, or I'm a clever person or whatever it is. I'm just, I'm just a researcher. And actually, as a researcher, that integrates all of these different things. And so you can't hang on to one of these things and say, well, therefore, you must be a Remainer, for example, or you, know, you must have certain political views or, or whatever else. It's, they're all integrated in there and it's much harder to pull that stuff out. Uh, and I think for me as an interdisciplinarian, I am admittedly sidestepping. And yeah, that is admittedly annoying for some people, but I'm doing that because I don't want you to put a bunch of assumptions on me. Uh, if you dislike social scientists, that therefore I must be like this. He assumed that uh, a certain politics, he assumed that I was vegetarian, he assumed all these other things uh, about me because I was a social scientist. You know what? I'd rather not have whatever your assumptions about a particular label might be. So let's try and have a label that integrates all of this stuff to the extent that you can't pull things out and then make inappropriate assumptions uh, about me. Um, uh, and for me, as a result, uh, uh, when I present myself like this, I feel more whole and more integrated and as a result, more authentic as a person. I'm not just presenting one uh, small slither of myself. The second of my approaches to this then uh, takes this uh, in a very different way. It's relabeling. Uh, and this process is for me sometimes about realising things I assumed about myself are no longer authentic. So I studied environmental science at university, but I no longer actually do science myself. I work with scientists in team, I manage interdisciplinary teams and we publish in science journals. Yes, but I actually don't do that science myself anymore. I don't design the experiments, I don't collect that data, I don't analyse it anymore myself. So can I really authentically, self, uh, authentically call myself a, a scientist anymore? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, perhaps these labels were given to me by, I don't know, my parents. Um, so uh, one thing that my mom used to say was, you stupid little boy. Uh, and that was a label that I had, a, a recurrent phrase that, uh, that, that says to me, yeah, you're little, you're a boy, uh, you're stupid. And it was surprising how long it took me to get over that. Uh, the, it could be my peers, it could be society, uh, and it may well be pretty deeply buried. The trick with relabeling is to consciously understand the labels I use to describe myself, both externally and internally and subconsciously. And to realise that I have a choice about the labels I choose. I can remove labels that no longer resonate with me. Or if I think about that pie chart exercise where I've now got uh, yeah, not just two or three slices, but loads and loads of different uh, sized and flavoured slices of this pie, I can decrease the size of one pie slice, one part of my identity, as another kind of grows into its place. Uh, and becomes more important. So perhaps for me, what I'm realizing is that actually for me, uh, the identities that I have that stem from my value of respect 
or perhaps increasingly now in my 40s, um, uh, becoming more important to me than the identities that were and are still based on uh, values linked to tolerance. Uh, who knows? I, I need to ask myself that question. Uh, if I'm honest, um, is my profession, uh, I'm a professor. Uh, not just any professor. I'm a university professor. I'm, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm uh, a professor in a top 150 university uh, globally, for example. I mean, you can add lots of things uh, to, to this. Uh, maybe this is a power play. Uh, maybe I do this because it makes me feel superior to others and therefore okay about myself. But actually, let's just ask myself, how do others feel? when I say this, does this tend to end conversations? What kind of body language do I get uh, when I give myself those powerful labels? Why do I value labels like that? Why is that important? Why can I not give that up? The idea that, yeah, I've always introduced myself as this. Why, why is that hard to, to give up? What is the function it is actually performing for you professionally? strategically or subconsciously in terms of your your your, your psychology i guess uh, and when we ask ourselves these questions can they help us under, understand ourselves more deeply and of course that takes me to my third approach to this which is all about transcending labels so how do you feel when you're introduced incorrectly or partially? Think back to a time when that happened to you. Uh, and was that problematic? Did you just shrug your shoulders and say, yeah, well, that's not really who I am, but yeah, they'll work it out eventually, or it doesn't matter, or whatever. Or did you feel that you needed to correct that? Um, so, so for me, I'm working hard on trying not to correct these things. So for me... Uh, the most common thing is that someone will introduce me as, yeah, uh, I'm a peatland researcher because that's the literature that I've written that they've engaged with. Uh, I, I do peat bogs. Uh, or I, I get introduced as uh, an expert on desertification or land degradation because that's the literature that I've written that that person has read. And they're just simply not aware that I do other things other than study deserts or, or peat bogs. Um, or, or uh, yeah, I'm an impact consultant. Um, yeah, I'm no longer even an academic anymore. Um, uh, does that smart? Do I need to correct the fact that, no, no, I'm not an impact consultant. I'm a university professor. And actually now, what does the fact that I just did that say about me? And what am I now projecting? <laughs> uh, can you let these things go uncorrected? Or do you need to correct them? And if you do, why? Is it for their benefit? Or is it actually for your ego and your view of yourself? Uh, can you be many things to many people and let them all think what they want? Why should it matter? Uh, by holding the labels loosely, I would argue that you're able to connect more deeply with more people on many different levels. So uh, my view is, uh, in, in an ideal world, and this is perhaps more um, aspirational than reality for me a lot of the time, but in an ideal world, you know what, let's transcend this. You know, you want to call me a social scientist and, uh, and, uh, and then call me an effing social scientist. Well, yeah, if you want, if that helps you to feel good about yourself, then go for it. 
Um, uh, but I'm secure enough in myself for that not to that not to affect me. If you want to call me an impact consultant, because actually in your world that really matters, and you respect consultants more than you respect academics, and I know many people who do, then great, that works for you. That works for me. Whatever, it's not it's not a big deal. I'm going to hold on to these labels lightly because actually what matters is. Uh, the fact that uh, the label that you're using in some shape or form helps you. And yeah, maybe my example with, uh, with, with my offensive professor is, is not a great example of this. Maybe, maybe that's, that's not helpful actually for him either. And he needs to be corrected on that. I don't know. Uh, jury's still out. I'm still processing this one. Um, but in theory, as a result of holding labels, Lucy, I'm able to empathize, I'm able to connect, I'm able to allow people to choose and select the thing that they see as, huh, he's like me. Uh, yeah, that's something that I relate to, that's something I respect, and that's something I'm going to hold on to and use as my route into who this strange and wonderful person that I don't understand is. Uh, and let's just accept that. So perhaps now I'm connecting with someone as a father, as someone who, like you, loves nature or the same sport, or someone who is deeply creative or inventive or spiritual or whatever it is. And I'm not hiding behind labels. I'm not forcing my labels on someone else who doesn't understand what that label even is or has a bunch of assumptions that don't help them. Uh, and increasingly, I'm trying to go to a place where uh, the labels are just not necessary in my mind because I see myself in my internal world as an integrated, mysterious whole. I not see myself as one label or even as multiple different labels uh, and as this fractured set of different identities that I'm picking and choosing from, I understand all of those identities and because I've understood and lived within and questioned each of those identities, now I'm able to reintegrate them and as I've reintegrated them, I'm able now to leave that behind and not have to be defined by any one of those or even by the whole collection of them. I'm just me. Uh, so uh, ask yourself about how this works for you, because I think most of us have gone through this process already to a certain extent. And if I go right back, then for many of us as teenagers, we needed to identify ourselves with labels that were explicitly different to our parents or that were explicitly the same as our peers. <laughs> um, so I'm going to dress like this, and I'm going to speak like that. Um, and on some subconscious level, I'm now differentiating myself and finding myself as, yeah, I'm not the same as my parents. And you know what, actually, I'm not the same as these peers. I'm going to change, and now I'm going to become a goth or whatever it is. Uh, and I think that, uh, sadly, many of us never entirely grow out of the process of labelling and relabeling ourselves. So I wasn't my parents, and I wasn't that kind of peer group, and I wasn't really this kind of peer group. And so now, yeah, I'm not this disciplinary peer group, I'm another disciplinary peer group, and I'm now this kind of researcher. And, and so it goes on labelling, relabeling ourselves constantly. Uh, and, uh, yeah... 
great, this is a journey, and I think this is a much more healthy way than, uh, more healthy approach than sticking with labels that no longer resonate, that no longer represent who we are, that uh, have inappropriate uh, connotations or assumptions that uh, that we then make about ourselves or others. Great. So we're moving forward here, and this is this is great. We're adapting and seeing ourselves as more complex, as more adaptive, as, as some someone who changes, and that's that's probably good. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but I think if those labels help others, that's fine. But and I guess if it helps you, that's fine as well. But why do you need this? Uh, can you embrace the unknown depths of who you are and just be content being who you are without needing those labels? I would argue that transcending labels requires a deep level of inner confidence and security. Typically, you need to inhabit a label fully before you can transcend it. And after understanding fully what it is to be a person like that, or gaining a high level of expertise under a particular kind of label, you become able to walk away from that identity if it turns out that that stifles you or puts you in a box or a straitjacket. You become able to challenge the assumptions held within it. And you become able to be someone who is set apart from the others who have followed that path and become stuck in the label that they have been given or they have chosen for themselves. So uh, for me, the label of prof is a label. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I think for those of us who have that label, um, we need to really interrogate what that means for us. Uh, I would argue the label of doctor, uh, equally, it's a label. Uh, and why do you use that? In what context do you use that? What does that mean? Uh, and for me, I immediately sought to transcend that as a label. Uh, for me, uh, I had been in, in in an institution where there was a professoriate which was highly toxic. Uh, and although I'd been <coughs> recommended and uh, told to apply for promotion multiple times, I'd resisted that because I did not want to become part of that professoriate. I didn't want any of the assumptions that I knew people like me put on professor, professors in that institution because of the way that uh, the majority of them behaved. And actually, yeah, I went for a new job and I said, I'll take the job on one condition that you don't make me a professor. Uh, and they said, uh, we'll give you the job on one condition, which is that you go through the process of becoming a professor. Uh, so, um, so I became a professor, but I actually kept it a secret for an entire year uh, as I processed what that meant for myself and, uh, and how I could internally transcend the assumptions that had grown up for me in my previous institution around that label. Uh, and after a year, yeah, I put it onto my email signature and my website and all the rest of it and kind of just quietly let it kind of yeah, seep out into the ether. <laughs> um, but I was still trying to, to transcend this. Um, and um, and, uh, and for me, at least, uh, and I'm not saying that you can't do this in different ways, but for me, at least, I didn't feel I was able to do that until I'd fully understood what it was to actually inhabit that role. And it's not just a label now, but there is a role. Uh, and uh, for me, a professor in this post-92 university working with a team of people trying to transform the research culture 
uh, and the impact uh, of, of a faculty, uh, well, I've got a job to do. Uh, and actually, uh, the, the role of, of, uh, of professor is a leadership role, and I've got to lead, and I've got to do something here. Uh, so what is that like? How can I do that? How can I excel at that and, and achieve something as part of that role? And now in a Russell Group University, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a Russell Group professor? And what are the expectations um, from the people who pay my salary? And how do I not just meet, but exceed those expectations and truly inhabit that label so that I can then transcend it? Um, So this is about going above and beyond the, the label, the role, the expectations of what you then normally think of as a professor through my role in Fast Track Impact, uh, running an international training company, generating resources, trying to change how people around the world think about impact whilst being a professor, without compromising on any of the roles, without doing any less workload than anyone else in, in my group. Uh, but all things that I would argue don't normally associate with the traditional professor, professorial role. Uh, now, maybe you can, tran- you can, you can shortcut the, the transcendence process, but for me, to transcend uh, a role or a label, you first have to fully understand what that role or label truly means, and you've got to live it. Um, uh, So uh, I couldn't do that until I'd brought in significant funding, publications, impact. Uh, Yeah, uh, I'm not rejecting uh, my professorial role and saying I'm going to do something different. I'm transcending it uh, instead. And people regularly ask me for shortcuts to where I am, and that was one of the key reasons that I wrote The Productive Researcher. Um, but uh, most of these people are early career researchers, and to be honest, uh, I tell early career researchers to prioritise their publications. This is the system that we are in, uh, and um, and within that system, you have to publish, and then you've got to get funding, and then maybe on top of that, you might want to get some impact. Um, uh, But once you've done all of that stuff, uh, uh, if you want to say in academia, that is, uh, and you're excelling at all of that stuff, now you earn the right to transcend that role and to start doing the kind of things that I do or others do that are kind of out of the norm of those kind of roles. If you're trying to do them instead of the stuff that you're paid to do in that role, then inevitably it's not going to go that well for you. Uh, let's, Let's just face this. So, yeah, you got your PhD. Uh, and uh, and rightly, you are fiercely proud of your title. Uh, think back to how that felt. That was an amazing feeling. <laughs> uh, everything that you put into that. And yeah, I did that. I've got my PhD. I am now Dr. Reed. Uh, incredible. Uh, and uh, for a lot of people, it's, a, it's the same feeling when they get their chair. It was different for me. It was a, an unusual situation. But um, for most people, yeah, I made it. I, I got prof in the end. And so this is entirely normal, it's entirely acceptable, great, let's celebrate this stuff because, hey, we all put sacrifices into this and, uh, and, and, and we all care about this, and if we didn't, there'd be something wrong. But I think there comes a time when you've lived with that label for long enough that you know and believe that you have the expertise, that, yeah, you do what you do and you do it well. You don't need the label to prove that to the world or to yourself. 
And for me, this is an incredibly freeing experience because you're no longer bound by the expectations of what someone with your label would be expected to say and do. You can be authentically you and challenge expectations. For example, offering to do my postdoc's job when they're overstretched and we've got a deadline to meet. And yeah, that's a really annoying job and no one likes it. And uh, most other people thought they transcended having to do something as menial and as boring and as, uh, as, as uh, annoying as that. But you know what? We've got a deadline to do and I'm putting uh, myself out there. I'm now doing these interviews. I'm now analysing that data because we're a team here. Um, saying that I don't know the answer to a really important and frankly quite obvious question with no shame or embarrassment because you know what I know the limits to my knowledge and I'm secure enough in what I do know to be able to say when actually I've got no idea and uh, and now let's have a discuss uh, discuss discussion about that well you're asking me because I'm an expert but I wonder what do you think the answer might be and I wonder if there's anyone else here who might have a better answer than me and and away we go um, uh, I don't know, being the, the, the one person in a funding panel to pull out the fundamental flaw in the pathway to impact of a proposal that everyone loves, um, uh, and it's GCRF or uh, some kind of thing where the impact really matters, and you know what, this is not going to work. And in fact, uh, here is a, a line of uh, argument that would suggest that this is actually going to cause more harm than good. This thing that we all love because it's so cutting edge, but just hold on a second and, uh, and have a wee think about this. Uh, or standing up for a proposal that could change the world when it looks like it's sinking under the weight of a thousand minor issues. Labels are important. As we discover who we are, as we learn our trade. But if we allow ourselves to be defined by our labels, we'll never grow beyond the expectations created by those labels that we end up identifying with. So hold your PhD lightly. Holds your prof role, your job description, or whatever it is that identifies you lightly. If you want to be freed from the tyranny of everyone else's expectations and the weight of your own ego's demands, so you can transcend all the labels to become more authentically you than you ever thought possible. <laughs> <laughs>